17 lawyers on retainer, and you managed to work it out so that in a free market, a so-called free country, I can't buy some stock everybody else in the world can buy. Congratulations. You're destroying the capitalist system. You know what happens when capitalism gets messed up? The communists come back. They come out of the bushes. Don't kid yourself. They're waiting in there. But maybe that's not so bad. Because you know what happens when the commies take over? The first thing they do is shoot all the lawyers. Everybody, this is Ed Hoffman here. Welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from uh, Other People's Money from uh, like 1989, somewhere in there. And I think uh, shooting all the lawyers might improve things in this country because uh, we are certainly in a uh, in a law-driven. Uh, be careful about where you put your commas, where you punctuate things. Kind of, uh, you know what, uh, Ben Carson, when he was, uh, before he was, uh, right after he announced his uh, candidacy for president um, in 2015, I think it was. I think it was October 2015, I actually saw him speak. Um, maybe it was March of 16. I don't know. It was anyway. He was running. He was just a candidate for president. And the first words that came out of his mouth were, political correctness is going to destroy our country. And uh, quite frankly... I agree with him. So, uh, but we're going to talk about all the political correctness and incorrectness, and uh, hopefully, we're going to be as politically incorrect as we can get away with on the radio. Uh, but before we do, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located here in Southern California. Offices all over the place. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate. And you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to talk with me and get some information, but you don't want to talk on the phone because you're at your office and you're stealing time from your boss, wait for your 15-minute government-mandated smoking break, coffee break, or uh, wait till you're off work. And go to WCCLoans, WCCLOANS.com. And uh, you go on there and you click on um, Apply Now, loan, uh, looking for, I think I think the link now says looking for a loan. And then hit Apply Now, put as much information as you want to give me. Uh, let me know how much information you want back. You'll hear back from myself or one of my uh, talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, or uh, Aaron Fredericks. And we'll uh, help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. We'll help you put put all the. We'll help help you find answers for all your questions. If you want something repeated that you hear on the show, you can go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows. And you can also go to. Uh, you can also get the podcast on iCloud or uh, I'm sorry, uh, iTunes or SoundCloud where you can uh, download the podcast uh, at uh, on demand and you can actually subscribe have them uh, download to your uh, to your app on your phone or on your computer once a week whenever we upload it it'll download to you um, if you want to follow me on media at 
uh, at Ed Hoffman is on Twitter. I don't have any numbers on it. Just at Ed Hoffman. That would be me. And I tweet tweet about current events all week long, some weeks more than others, and Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. And if you want to leave me some comments on the show, call me on the listener hotline. It's a recorded line, 855-640-2092. And I asked you last week, um, didn't get a ton of didn't get a ton of responses. I wonder if uh, everybody was on uh, July Fourth weekend, kind of. Uh, yeah, apparently. Um, but uh, I, I asked, hey, call me and tell me where you're listening from. How old you are? Um, anything else you want? To, anything else you want to tell me? I'm just looking to find out who my uh, who my demogra- demographics are. Eight five five six four zero twenty ninety two. So uh, as as often, I have my uh, my uh, my sidekick in the house. Mr. Scott McAfee, proprietor of Don's Bikes, got it right that time, in uh, Rialto and Redlands, one of the top 100 bike shops in the country, and uh, the number two uh, political commentator in the in the world, Mr. Scott McAfee. Thanks, Ed. It's always great to be back in the house with you. Certainly it Certainly is. So let's talk about uh, the fun stuff and the not-so-fun stuff that's going on, uh, and even the fun stuff that's not going on. The stuff that's not so fun will make fun. Or we'll make fun of it. Uh, so one week after Justice Anthony Kennedy announced his uh, resignation from the Supreme Court, the president has a short list of uh, 25 potential appointees. We are going to talk about this last week, but we ran out of time. Um, four of which he met with on Monday, which was before last week, or since last week. And although the White House refused to disclose the names of whom he met with, sources have told the New York Times that Trump met one-on-one with the following four federal judges. Uh, first, uh, Amy Coney Barrett. I'm going to read you descriptions of her. Judge Barrett is a favorite of religious conservatives, a former law clerk for Justice Scalia. She once argued that Catholic judges should sometimes rescue themselves from sentencing in death penalty cases. Okay, we'll talk about her in a little bit, little, a uh, little more detail. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh, District of District of Columbia, uh, Circuit. Um, Kavanaugh uh, also clerked for Justice Kennedy. He has the support of some conservative activists, graduate of the University of Michigan Law School. Judge Kethledge does not have an Ivy League degree, and uh, Ivy League pedigree. And I think that's a dog dog thing. Uh, Trump also told associates he would like to see the next justice come from the Ivy League. I really don't care where smart people come from because uh, some of them don't come from college. Well, I guess if you're a l- lawyer, you do. Uh, Raymond, uh, see, that's, you know, I got these mixed up. That was uh, Raymond Kethledge. Brett Kavanaugh, an appointee from uh, George W. Bush, clerked at the Supreme Court for Justice Kennedy. He also was a prosecutor under independent counsel Ken Starr, who investigated uh, President Clinton. Ken Starr of the uh, UC... UC... What's the one in Malibu? Pepperdine. He's a Pepperdine law law professor, or was. He was when uh, when I got to uh, hear him speak uh, a few years back. And the last one is Amul R. Thapar, Thapar, of the 6th District, Judge uh, Thapper was uh, Trump's first nominee to an appeals court in 2017, former district court judge from Kentucky with a conservative track record. Thapper was one of those uh, president considered as replacement for Judge Justice Scalia when he died in 2016. As the only woman on the shortlist, you'd think uh, Judge Barrett wouldn't face much opposition from the left. However, she is said to be the one that the list that poses the greatest threat to abortion rights. Uh, this appears to be based solely on the fact that she's a devout Catholic and has seven kids. And apparently this is the only thing the left can think of is is uh, to scare people is what's going on with abortion rights. The, effort kept, uh, the efforts to keep Barrett out of federal court started last year during her confirmation hearings for the 6th District Court. 
here's what Diane Feinstein, our uh, our lovely eighty uh, five year old uh, uh, senator, about to be reelected if we don't do something. Uh, uh, Diane Feinstein. When you read your speeches, um, the conclusion one draws is that the dogma lives loudly within you. And that's of concern when you come to big issues that large numbers of people have fought for for years in this country. Boy, she's a real ball of fire, isn't she, Ed? Um, yeah, obviously always the, has been. Yeah, um, obviously the left has a problem. Doesn't have a problem if there's a female, as long as they think like the way they do. But God forbid it be a woman who's conservative, uh, or certainly a minority who's conservative. Then, then those rules just don't apply. Exactly. You can't. Uh, you're not allowed to be conservative if you're a if you're a female, I guess. Or I guess you're just not allowed to be uh, anything related to smart. If you're if you're a, if you're conservative, my gut is that I don't think the president will uh, will pick her because she's going to be the most she's going to get the most pushback. Um, I think it's pretty obvious to me that Trump, with six more years in office, uh, will have another another bite at the apple at the Supreme Court, at least with Ruth Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who's about 109 years old already. And uh, I think she wanted to retire during Obama, but I don't think she thought much of him. And uh, and she was waiting for Hillary Clinton. And uh, now Hillary Clinton's not there. She certainly doesn't like Trump, so she might die in office, or uh, or at some point she's gonna at some point she'll be replaced. And uh, I think it'll be during Trump's Trump's uh, term. And I think that's when Trump will bring. Uh, Judge Barrett in. You know, it's funny because when we look at how our government's been set up, I think the one issue that I would have looking at the whole thing, I think they did a brilliant job on just about everything, but why is it that Supreme Court justices have lifetime appointments? I mean, the problem is you get people like Ginsburg up there who, God knows, yeah, she's over 100 years old, and she's probably not thinking all that clearly anymore anyways, and and for somebody... You know, they, she could be losing her mind. She probably is losing her mind for all we know. And yet she's up there making some of the most important decisions that face our country on a daily basis. Ed. Yeah, I would think, uh, well, I would think that maybe the chief justice or somebody in there would be able to uh, step in and say, hey, uh, let's have, let's send, let's send her for a, a driving test to see if we get to renew her driver's license or, uh, you know, if we get to renew her, uh, her law license, uh, you'd think. I guess just people just didn't live that long back back when the nation was founded. You know, we didn't have people living into their 80s and 90s for the most part. So I wonder who thought of that lifetime appointments for this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but we're gonna we're gonna have to keep that question going. So all week long, the Democrats have been using their regular scare tactics to convince Americans that Trump will appoint a judge who will somehow overturn Roe versus Wade. Here's a rhino uh, who may as well be a Democrat, Susan Collins from Maine, and uh, followed by Democrats uh, Ben Cardin and Dick Durbin. I believe very much that Roe v. Wade is settled law, as it has been described by Chief Justice Roberts, a candidate for this important position who would overturn Roe v. Wade would not be acceptable to me because that would indicate an activist agenda that I don't want to see a judge have. 
Clearly, the president is looking at a list prepared by an extreme group that has an agenda that really wants to just ratify the president's policies. I think what the American people need to be concerned about is that we're talking about changing the balance on the Supreme Court that's going to affect their rights. A woman's right of choice, labor rights, worker rights, consumer rights. The president is looking for someone who will overturn Roe versus Wade. The basic issue at hand here is whether or not a woman has the power to make decisions, the freedom to make decisions regarding her own body and her own life. You know, it's I wonder if uh, if uh, Susan Collins voted for uh, Judge Sotomayor, Justice Sotomayor, because she's the one that I would say, hey, we get to make our own laws. Well, yeah, I know. And she, she's kind of like the Lindsey, Lindsey Graham voted for. Her, I know that. Um, I do think it was smart what Trump did, though. Apparently he has had meetings with Susan Collins as well as Murkowski, another problem for us up there. And, and, and I think that's smart. Before he even names a nominee, discuss with these people, look, what, what, are, your, what are your reservations? Because the fact of the matter is whether we like these people or not, uh, they do have the power to, to cancel these nominations, uh, to prevent these nominations. So I think it's smart of Trump to kind of approach them before he even names somebody say, look, this is my list. I mean, where, where do you have a problem with these or not before he even uh, goes forward? I would agree. I would agree. And I think that's uh, what I like about Trump's style is he he gauges what he's got to do and what, you know, I mean, I'm sure that sometimes people go, hey, gauging what he does, he doesn't, he does whatever he wants. He doesn't care what anybody thinks. Well, to a point, but he knows that, hey, in this one, he's going to, he's going to have a battle, um, especially after uh, Judge Justice Kennedy announced his retirement and people were going crazy on social media. Oh my God, we need to pull out all the stops to fight this. He's going to overturn our way of life. Well, you know, and I think, look, I, my message to the left is, look, don't even sweat this one that much. The, the next one you should be worrying about is when Ginsburg's gone, because that Ginsburg's gone, because that's definitely going to happen within Trump's two terms. Yep. So, and that's definitely going to swing the court more towards the right, like probably for a very, very long time. Yeah, I was uh, one of my uh, one of my friends that uh, works for me said, well, you know, I honestly think we're getting our country back. Because, you know, this is going to be huge on the on the Supreme Court. I think we're getting our country back because at some point you're just not going to be able to deny the, the Democrats aren't going to be able to keep up their uh, their. And we're going to talk about this in the second half, but uh, they're just not going to be able to deny that the, the changes that Trump's making are good for for them, too. Yeah, I just heard a report uh, driving into the studio today. 1.7 million jobs, Ed, have been created since Trump's taken office. Uh, those are numbers that are hard to hide. Um, because people are looking around the reality, and these are a lot of people that weren't employed before, and now they have jobs. And you know what? What do they attribute that to? Um, Obama had it all going already. Okay, that's what they say. All right, that's what they say. Okay, <laughs> let's go on to uh, abolish ICE. This is their uh, abolish ICE. The Democrats are determined to see a blue wave happen in November, and uh, they seem to think that their winning strategy is to campaign on the idea of abolishing immigration and customs enforcement, or ICE. I think we should. Uh, I think. Uh, I think we should abolish the Moreno Valley Police Department in my city because, you know, if we just had those uh, twenty-five cars less on the road, there'd be less traffic. Well, you know, I, why don't we just get rid of all police departments and let's just police ourselves, Ed? I'm sure we can do it without them. Exactly. Can't we all just get along? Right. So uh, you know, this is this is a this is a uh, in, this is idiocy. So um, let me see where I leave off. It seems like Democrats who are pushing this idea all seem to be the ones considering a, a run for president in 2020. Uh, here's Kamala Harris, our senator. 
I think there's no question that we've got to critically re-examine ICE and its role and the way that it is being administered and the work it is doing. And we need to probably think about starting from scratch. Well, I got a microphone in front of me, so I should say something that sounds like like I'm a, a, a new idea comer upper with. Um, because I don't really know what else makes any sense. You know, it's so embarrassing that this lady is from California represents Ed, represents us, Ed. Um, and this lady actually might want to try and run for president. I'd say bring it. Yeah, I would uh, I would say <laughs> Go she's, ahead and run. You know, she's a lawyer. She used to be our wow. attorney general. Wow. Obama even came out and said she was the best looking attorney general that he'd seen. Well, I say, guess she's well, qualified then. I think she's think she uh, is ugly to the bone. Okay. So anyway, uh, but all these, uh, they're, uh, they're, they got a, they got a dumb platform. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, here's uh, two other Democrats rumored to be considering a presidential run in 2020: Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas, and uh, Kristen Gillibrand. We need to rebuild our immigration system from top to bottom, starting by replacing ICE with something that reflects our morality. You should get rid of it, start over, reimagine it, and build something that actually works. Yeah, what is that? Uh, I'm not sure. That's the thing. is They don't go into the details of what that replacement's going to actually be or what that's going to look like. Uh, Ed, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Elizabeth Warren may be a Massachusetts hoe, but she's not a Navajo. And if she was going to run for president, I would have a reservation about it. Yep, uh, as would I. Uh, or I'd get some reservation somewhere else uh, if she got elected. So uh, President Trump has one message for Democrats who are campaigning on abolishing ICE. Keep it up because he thinks it's going to bring a big, big red wave in November. I hope they keep thinking about it because they're going to get beaten so badly. You know, ICE, these are the guys that go in and take MS-13 and they take them out. You get rid of ICE, you're going to have a country that you're going to be afraid to walk out of your house. Mm -hmm. I love that issue if they're going to actually do that. Between Maxine Waters and Nancy Pelosi and getting rid of ICE and having open borders. And the biggest thing, you have open borders. All it's going to do is lead to massive, massive crime. That's going to be their platform, open borders, which equals crime. I think they'll never win another election, so I'm actually quite happy about it. Yeah, I, uh, I would uh, I would think uh, we're both on the same page. Uh, they should keep campaigning on that stuff because people are going to get to the ballot box and go, does this make sense? No, it, it is pretty crazy. And I have to say this, too. I think part of Trump that I've come to appreciate is that he speaks – in real plain talk, you know, there, there's not a lot of, of hyperbole. There's It's just plain talk. Get to the point. Tell it like it is. And it's a message I think most people can can understand. Yep. And, uh, you know, hey, if you don't, if you want to open borders, why don't you guys just take the doors off your front, the front door off the hinges and just stick it in the backyard and see how you like having open borders at your house? Well, the thing is, too, that a lot of these people that say they want to open borders, they don't want to live around that, though. You know, they don't they don't want to live next to a bunch of refugees from Syria. They don't want to live next to a bunch of illegal immigrants from South America, Mexico, where, wherever, wherever these people are coming from. They don't want to, as long as it as long as it doesn't impact their lives directly. They're all for it. Yeah, because it makes them feel good about caring about people from other countries. Hey, care about your own people first. That's my opinion. I could be wrong, but I'm not. And then on uh, Fourth of July, there was uh, protests all over the place. I, uh, you know, people didn't have enough to do. You know, it was a Wednesday. You know, it wasn't it wasn't really a weekend. You couldn't tie it into. You could tie it into the weekend before. You could tie it into the weekend after. But uh, somebody's not getting a lot done, uh, except for the Democrats. Apparently, found out uh, hey, they can go have protests, and uh, they had one at the Statue of Liberty, and uh, some lady from the Congo 
or from the country of Congo, uh, decided that uh, she was going to make a statement. Go ahead. Michelle Obama, our beloved first lady that I care so much about, said, when they go low, we go high. And I went as high as I could. (laughs) Trump has wrecked this country apart. It is depressing. It is outrageous. I can say a lot of things about this monster, but I will stop at this. His draconian zero tolerance policy on immigration has to go. In a democracy, we do not rip children, we do not put children in cages, period. There is no debating it. Reunite the children now. I would not do it again, the judge told me not to. Of course, I would not do it again. But I think the message was sent. No child belongs in a cage. Children should not be separated from their parents, especially on a holiday like this. It is not okay. Well, you know what, I guess I should have uh, led up to this thing when she said that I got as high as I could because she crawled up the outside of the uh, pedestal of the Statue of Liberty and got up to the... Got up to Lady, Lady Liberty's feet before the uh, cops got her. She, I guess she couldn't scale the side of the side of the actual statue. Couldn't uh, just couldn't do her Spider-Man thing. But a, I don't know how she climbed up the well, side. Well, that was it. I see. I thought she got all the way to the crown or something. This isn't impressive nah. at all. Ed, I could have done this. I could have got to the Statue of Liberty's feet, Ed. I mean, come on. I'll be impressed when she gets on the top of the crown. Yeah, well. This is pretty weak. Here's a lady that can't hardly speak English telling us how, how a democracy should be. And hey, guess what? President Trump has ripped this country apart. You know, hey, you know that the kids in cages? Number one, they're not in cages. Um, but you know what? We don't separate the kids from their parents. Well, we do when Americans break the law. Because then we put the parents in jail and their kids don't get to go with them. And she said it was outrageous how he has whacked this country. That wascally wabbit. That <laughs> schooly wabbit. So, we'll call it Elma Fudd. Duck season, wabbit season. Exactly, exactly. So it's, uh, you know what? That that was the most exciting thing about all these uh, abolish eyes. You know what? I just don't understand. Who out there thinks this is a good idea? Let's abolish ICE. Let's abolish. You know what? Impress me. Let's abolish the IRS. Now you're talking. Okay. But I can back that up with some, uh, with some actual, actual facts and some knowledge as to why we should do that. So uh, here's someone who's not running for president, but, but we still can't escape this moron. Uh, Congressman Adam Schiff, for those of you that live in Burbank that are listening, you guys better figure out how to vote this guy out in November. He was on KTLA Channel 5 News this week in Los Angeles talking about the administration's handling of the immigration crisis. And apparently people at at Channel 5 KTLA aren't smart enough to listen to what he says and and follow up with questions because they just let him ramble and ramble. And, you know, I know a guy who who actually uh, took the opportunity to write a letter to the management of KTLA because he was so mad about it. Uh, Let's play a little clip. It was reported this week the Trump administration has updated deportation forms that give immigrant parents two options, leave voluntarily with their children or leave their kids behind in the U.S. What are your thoughts on that? It's completely unacceptable. That's not the reflective of the values of this country. And I think what we're seeing 
uh, is response to the American people, that they're appalled at what's being done in their name, uh, and we demand a stop to it. Um, I'm going, as you mentioned, to a facility today to see what the conditions are like, but let's face it, no matter what those conditions are like, uh, those kids need their parents, and we're going to stay on this until every single child is reunited with their parent. Can you tell me why it's taking so long? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I can only imagine that the administration uh, completely bungled this. Uh, it was like the Muslim ban, uh, which when they implemented, they had no idea how they were going to do it. We had that mass confusion in the airports. Similarly, they separated parents from their kids. Uh, they made little provision for how they would be reunited. That didn't seem to be the priority. And now we have this horrendous, uh, inhumane uh, nightmare on our hands. Yeah, nobody, nobody cares about American kids being uh, separated from their parents when their parents commit a felony, only when immigrants. Well, and also he said part of the options, they can leave with their kids. That's one of the options. What's wrong with that option? I think uh, I think that's a argument for chain deportation. Hmm. That's a nice ring to it. Ed. I know it does. It does. Hey, we're out of time for part one of the main event, but we're going to go into uh, some more exciting stuff after five minutes of uh, traffic, weather, sports, and commercials. Uh, don't go away. We'll be right back with more of the more of this in part two. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation. Your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about uh, I don't talk a lot about mortgages and real estate on the on the air because it's uh, you guys probably find it boring if you're not in the market. But if you are in the market and you want financing, you want some advice that might make some sense to your goals instead of somebody else's goals, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. 855-640-2020 or go to WCCLoans.com. Uh, if you're looking to refinance, you're looking to uh, buy a new house, you want to get your kids uh, out of your house and you need to help them buy a house, or if you're over 62, the newest, the new, well, it's not the newest, but it's really caught on. The reverse mortgage is uh, really a, uh, a fantastic tool if you don't, if you don't understand it. You probably, if you don't, if you're not excited about what this tool can do, you probably don't understand it. If you want some advice, call me 855-640-2020. Hey, so in the, in the, uh, in the studio with me today, as, uh, he always often is, uh, Scott McAfee, proprietor of Don's Bikes. Say hi, Scott. Hi, everybody. All right. So, uh, let's talk about, uh, some good stuff that's going on in this country. Uh, sign, sign that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, on Facebook, there's a campaign they say it's a good story on Facebook. It's happening on Facebook. It's a good story in America. Um, there's a there's a uh, a campaign called hashtag Walk Away. the The Walk Away campaign is a public Facebook group. Um, Thursday morning, it said there was sixty one thousand uh, members on it. As of uh, Thursday evening, it was seventy three thousand. And right before we walked into the studio here on Friday, and it's Friday about one. Uh, right now, and it's uh, 85,000 85, members. It's a movement decided uh, dedicated to sharing the stories of people who can no longer accept the current ide ideology of liberalism and what the Democratic Party has become. Uh, these are people who have recently left the Democratic Party and uh, liberalism and are now conservatives for Trump. And you know what? Uh, you know what? It's not. It's not surprising because uh, Scott and I have been saying, hey, at some point. At some point, even the Democrats are going to realize 
the things that Trump is doing are as, as good for everybody, not just good for Republicans, not just good for white people, not just good for rich people. It's good for white people, black people, yellow people, brown people, uh, purple people, rich people. And, you know, hey, if, if you want to have control of your life, you want to get government out of it. You know, as long as as long as you're depending on the government to give you a check, you're dependent on them to do anything. The reason that uh, the reason that Mammoth uh, Mammoth Lakes, California, has stickers all over the place that says "Please don't feed our bears" is not because they don't like bears. They're discriminating against big, round, furry animals. No, it's because they don't want them to become dependent on people to feed them. And uh, so, so whether you're a Democrat or whether you're uh, whether you're a Republican, no matter what. The changes are good. And you know what? When you think about it, uh, let's play a little clip from Obama. Here's, here's the Democrats' last, last uh, answer to how are we going to fix this thing. And I'm representing the uh, Steelworkers Union, mm-hmm. local 1999, and I'm trying to find out what do we have left as far as um, all of our jobs are leaving Indianapolis, right? And uh, I see here you're doing a lot of things, but in Indianapolis, there's nothing there for us. I mean, what's next? I mean, what can we look forward to in the future as far as jobs, employment, whatever? Because all of our jobs is left or in the process of leaving, sir. Some of those jobs of the past are just not going to come back. And when somebody says, like the person you just mentioned, who I'm not going to advertise for, that he's going to bring all these jobs back. Well, how exactly are you going to do that? What are you going to do? There's, the, there's no answer to it. He just says, well, I'm going, I'm going to negotiate a better deal. Well, how, what, how exactly are you going to negotiate that? What magic wand do you have? And usually the answer is he doesn't have an answer. Well, that would be, that would be the, uh, the reasoning from a guy who's only, uh, whose only experience is being a community organizer, has never run a business, doesn't understand how businesses work. No, the government doesn't create jobs. The private sector does. But if you don't understand the private sector, if you've never worked in the private sector, you don't know how to make changes that will make the private sector happy. Well, and, you know, a couple comments on this. Number one, how's that guy going to feel hearing this sort of an answer coming from the president? He's basically saying, hey, my jobs, are, our jobs are going away. And for the president's answer to be, well... That's just the way it is, and your jobs aren't coming back, and nobody has an answer to that. That's that's a horrible, horrible, horrible response. But but as you said earlier, it's the answer is it, it's how, how do you get those jobs back? Well, you you incentivize those companies to come back. You lower regulations. You make it easier and more cost effective for them to come back because them coming back and bringing the jobs with them is a good thing. Uh, it increases the tax base. It employs people. Gives people something to do with their lives. Um, so yeah, I think we're seeing very much on display the different viewpoints of the economy between Republican and Democrat, right there in front of our eyes. Exactly, and you know, realize that the the more the more that the rich people, the people that own own companies, are incentivized to to create jobs. Hey, the, the government's getting out of their, out of their, the right, taking the regulations off and making it easier to expand and giving let, let them keep more of their money. I'd say, Hey, they gave them some money back. They didn't give them any money back. They just stopped taking as much money from them. Remember all those tax breaks aren't giving money to, to the rich corporations because that money is theirs to begin with. They earned it. They just eased back on how much of it they're taking. Um, that incentivizes them to expand it. And the more money, 
The more money they have to spend, the more jobs they create, the more money that's circulating in our economy, which creates more jobs and creates more jobs and creates more jobs. You know, the economy runs on the circulation of money. Well, the funny thing we also saw, too, as soon as the corporate tax rate was reduced, what happened? Companies started giving bonuses to employees. Mm -hmm. You know, so it went directly into the pockets of the workers. So... You know, just it, it's just one more example of how this stuff works. But those are just crumbs, according to Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi well, it's probably a thousand dollars, and then after you pay taxes on it, it's just like six hundred or something. Well, it's crumbs for Nancy Pelosi, a multimillionaire uh, politician. Exactly, but remember, uh, the people they care about, you got you guys that are uh, that are making forty, fifty thousand dollars a year. You know, that's that's an extra week's pay. It's an extra week's pay. So uh, here's the founder of the Walk Away campaign. Brandon Straka on why he decided to walk away from the Democratic Party during the election. A friend of mine came to me and she actually showed me something that pointed out very clearly how dishonest the media was in the Donald Trump campaign, how they would isolate moments from his behavior and make it appear as though he were a racist or a bigot or whatever. Now, I didn't realize this. I thought that CNN told the truth. I thought MSNBC told the truth. I thought Rachel Maddow told the truth. So this was mind blowing to me. And once I realized this, I sort of went on a quest to find out more and see how much, you know, what other things were they not being honest with me about? Which it turns out was right. quite a lot. And once I discovered this, I tried talking with other people and I was met with a lot of hostility and contempt. And uh, a lot of friends left, you know, and, uh, and were very nasty to me on the way out the door. Yeah, I think we've all experienced that as the, uh, as we've been more, as people start to get more and more vocal about their uh, political, uh, their political beliefs, uh, you, get a, you get a lot of uh, pushback from people that are uninformed. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, we you, we, you and I have never seen this level of hostility, this level of emotion uh, in the country regarding political events in our lifetime. Um, and it's it's getting nasty. You know, there's some na- a lot of nasty stuff going on out there. Yeah, it's ugly. That's why we're here, to make sure that we push back, push back. And you know what? So many of the, un- the low information voters, which is you millennials, um, you know, it's it's our kids, it's our neighbors. They don't have to, you know, I don't watch TV. It just makes me upset. You know, I watch Hulu and I watch uh, uh, Hula, Hula and, and Apple TV and I don't know what all these things are. I, I still have good old, good old, uh, I still have an antenna on my TV. Oh, maybe not. I have cable. So, uh, but you know, you, they see this stuff on the internet. They don't watch the news. They don't know what's going on. And all they hear are little sound bites that, that the uh, that the Democrats are are passing around on Facebook, or uh, or whatever whatever the whatever the social media I guess it's uh, Instagram more the for the young youngsters now, so uh, so they just don't know so you so the Democrats just kind of clip these things up and make them look like something they're not, and uh, pass them around and then you've got a ton of low information voters that have the wrong wrong intention. So Straka began posting videos to enlighten the other Democrats and eventually it evolved into the hashtag walk away campaign. If you search it on uh, on Facebook, you'll see it, it's giant. But uh, here's Straka with a little bit more. People are going on there from the left, leaving video testimonials and written testimonials talking about why they're walking away or why they have walked away. But what's even more amazing about it and even better is people on the right are participating too. I've given a voice back to the silent majority because now we're cutting out the media who's controlled the narrative of what it means to be a conservative and said it's all racists and bigots. I'm allowing people to tell their own stories and say, I'm not a racist. I'm not a bigot. Good for you. I saw this on Thursday morning. 61,000, uh, 61,200, uh, members. And I saw, I read a few stories and watched a couple of videos 
And I go, wow, I'm, we're gonna, we need to talk about this on the radio. And uh, you can't find those same stories anymore because there's gazillions of them. Uh, we, went on, we went on just before I came into the uh, studio and pulled three and just pulled, we just pulled random, random three, uh, three guys that were on there. And we uh, just cut a, cut a little bit out of the little pieces of each one. Here's Casey. I never voted before Trump because I, f- I saw and what I saw led me to believe that no matter who got elected, the same things would happen. Um, you got the same people providing the funds to both the Democrat and the Republican that are running for office or presidency. So no matter who wins, they control them, which is a problem. Trump had no strings attached. I loved that. Uh, Whether good or bad, whatever he did would be better for the country because I don't know who's pulling the strings of the other candidates. And I don't trust that my well-being is at hand when they're pulling strings. Uh, So Trump, whether good or bad, the idea of a Trump is what I voted for. Yep, the idea of a Trump, I, I used to call it Perot. Well, yeah, you know, it is kind of interesting because he, what he's saying is Trump was seen as sort of apolitical, not necessarily Republican or Democrat, something, somebody that was kind of outside of the system, somebody that wasn't beholden to interest groups or big companies, corporations, which, of course, explains why he's getting a lot of heat from both sides, uh, trying to prevent him from not only being elected, but preventing his agenda from going forward. You know, and I talked to one of my uh, one of my employees and we're, and she goes, you know what? Um I always, I've always been brought up to think that, hey, whoever the, the president is, you give him respect. He's the president. You respect the office, and regardless of whether you like him or not, she goes, I personally think Trump's an ass. And I said, well, so do I, but I'm an ass too, so what's the difference? No, he's getting stuff done. He's getting stuff done, and that's what we, that's what we elected him for, is to make the changes that need to be made in this country. And uh, so, you know, hey, he's, he's not politically correct. And as Ben Carson said, political correctness will destroy this country. We don't want to destroy, destroy this country. We want to make it great again. Let's go on to the next one. This, uh, this is Brian. I grew up in Boston, home of the Kennedys, where they were worshipped like you read about. Um, and everybody was blue. There wasn't a red person among us. Then I started going to the polls. And I decided that I was going to change over to Republican. And when I did... I'd go to the polls and people would give me dirty looks and tell me my name wasn't on the list, even though I knew it was on the list. And then 2016 happened. I could not believe the left and how incredibly poorly they behaved throughout that entire election cycle. And it continues today. Um, I just put something out there and I'm immediately told to F off, um, that I should die, that... um, you know, my family should die because of the way I think. And I'm sorry, but I hit them with facts. They don't like the facts, so they don't listen to the facts. They just go with their narrative and what the media is telling us. And I realized I can never go back to voting Democrat. After the things I've seen and the way they treat people, the way they attack people. Yeah, I, uh, I you know, you, this, is a, this is exciting. This is an exciting uh, movement going on. You're seeing people come out of the ether and go, oh, wait a minute. You know, 
I don't think it's cool to go go disrupt people when they're eating dinner at a restaurant just because they're different politically than I am. I don't think it's cool to to when you see them in a in a in a gas station or a grocery store or in a mall in a public place. Gather a crowd, make them sure that they're make sure they know they're not welcome. Maxine Waters. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, and and it does make you wonder if all of the negativity um, is actually going to backfire. And I think it probably is if this gentleman's statement is anything, it indicates anything that's going on. But you look at conservative speakers can't go onto a college campus for fear of getting their butts kicked. People are being blackballed for the political views fired. Uh, we, we had an assassination attempt against a Republican member of Congress. Restaurants are refusing to serve members of Trump's team. This kind of reminds me of Jim Crow days. I don't know about you, Ed. Um, and their families are being surrounded and harassed at their homes or when they're out in public. To me, the left are the new fascists. They call us the fascists. They are the fascists. All the violence has come from that side. Ed. There, there is no equivalent on the right. No, nobody's trying to shut down their speech or their opinions. I love debate. I love discussion. This is how we learn. Yeah, think about uh, think about one guy decided he didn't want to he didn't want to cater a uh, gay wedding because the religious police didn't say he wouldn't sell him a cake. Said he's not going to make a specific cake and and serve it at this gay wedding. And they took it all the way to the Supreme Court before he is uh, was said, hey, that's his right, that's his right. But uh, this restaurant refused service to uh, to uh, uh, Sarah Sanders and nothing. Yeah, nothing, nothing. And can you imagine in your business, I'm sorry, I don't want to do a home loan to you because I don't like your political beliefs or me not wanting to sell a bike to somebody because of their political beliefs. I've employed people who disagree with me politically. That's okay. That's okay. I like to have discussions with people from the other side. I really enjoy actually having discussions from people on the other side. I'm not trying to shut them down, shut them up, ruin their lives or harass them or make their lives miserable. I say it's, uh, I say it's, it's our job. If you're around someone who's uninformed, to inform them. Hey, you know, if they want to com- continue, if they want to continue to be stupid and uninformed, that's their their business. But in my opinion, us uh, us adults, as we're mentoring our younger than our 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 kids and anybody who's younger, should be we should be a role model for them. Um, and because sometimes if we're older, we're wiser. I mean, in in our case, we are, but uh, not always for everybody. But uh, you know, you. To me, it's to me, it's spineless if you hear someone who's 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 uh, misinformed to leave them misinformed and not say anything. So uh, so that's but that's part of the uh, hey, if they don't take it, hey, I'm going to plant some seeds because at some point those are going to sprout. Say, hey, I'm going to overload you with it with with knowledge. I'm going to overload you with everything I know and I don't expect you to remember it all. But you're going to remember some of it, and at some point in your life, something's going to click. You're going to see something that's going on in this country, and you're going to go. Oh, yeah, that's what Ed was talking about two years ago when I met him. This is exactly it. And all of a sudden, everything's going to click for you and you're going to, you know, you're going to be enlightened. But if we if we're too afraid to talk about that, no one's ever no one's ever going to get empowered. No one's ever going to get enlightened. So let's uh, let's listen to one other guy. This is Gordy. I was born and raised in the Democratic Party. We were brought up with the understanding that. And I get, it's like a, a very old-time lie that the DNC has been running for decades, is that the Democrats are for the, the working man and the poor, and the Republicans are for the rich, the wealthy. We don't want, we can't vote in Republicans. Never vote in a Republican. And then I started to realize 
that my views weren't really lining up with the party I was told I had to, that, you know, that we have to vote for because I, I was a working man. I was not wealthy. I, I had to vote for the, the DNC. Always vote Democrat, straight ballot. Always do it, straight ticket. Just mark that one box and you're done. You don't have to do anything else. And then I realized some of their views were not really lining up with mine. Yeah, I would uh, I would say, you know, that's the Jewish people. Jewish people, hey, we're we're Jewish, so we vote Democrat. Or, you know, the Hispanic, hey, Hispanic people, you should all vote Democrat because uh, Republicans want to uh, don't want to keep you out. Most of the people, you know, when I when I saw this, when I saw this, the first article I read was uh, was an Hispanic girl who uh, who said, hey, you know, I came here legally. And if I could do it, everybody could do it. Why? Why is it OK to why? Why are why are we? Feel, why are we made to feel we're heartless if we if we turn our back on people coming over the border illegally and saying that's okay? Well, you know, it's kind of funny for me. My own personal experience with the walk away campaign would be my sister, and it is interesting because you and I have similar relationships with our sister. My sister's been a lifelong Democrat, very politically active, has worked on Democrat campaigns and Democrat fundraisers, and was actually a delegate for Bill Clinton. And then back in 2016, uh, I met her at my mom's house and. I said, you know, I was kind of taking a little digger out. I said, so you're all ready to vote for Hillary Clinton? She says, no, I'm I'm not voting for Hillary. And I said, no, you have to. You're a Democrat. That's what Democrats do. And she goes, no. She goes, you know who I really like? And I said, I said, I have no idea. And this is when I was, was behind Ted Cruz. She says, I like Trump. And I said, wait a minute. So you're telling me if the election was held right now between Hillary Clinton and Trump, you would vote for Trump? And she said, yes. And so after my jaw's done, you know, hitting the ground, I asked her, why? And she said it was because he's telling it like it is on immigration. So I think what the left needs to take away from this is that this election, it was not about Russia. If the country of Russia had never existed, you'd still have Trump in the White House. This this election was about the economy. It was about immigration and it was about national security, the things that actually impact people's lives, because all of those things, by the way, are pretty much the same issue. Anyways, they all interact and affect one another. So that's what this election's about. And my sister is a shining example of this walkaway campaign of people that are leaving the Democrat Party or as many of them would say the democrat party's left them yeah i wish uh, i wish my uh i wish my sister was uh, is uh as intelligent as yours <laughs> and uh she'd come out of the ether happily happily we've uh, converted a uh, her daughter and uh, and her new husband from a couple of years ago. Uh, and I, I even told her, I said, "Hey, you know, at least uh, at least uh, one of your daughters and her husband are uh, have uh, have uh, grown a brain and they're Republican." And she goes, she goes, "Well, my son-in-law might might be, but my daughter's not." Eh, I don't think you're listening to. I don't think you're paying that close of attention because uh, I heard some words out of her mouth that would lead her to believe, lead me to believe that her and her husband are on the same page. I know you said your sister's uh, devout Jewish and loves Israel. What does she think about the embassy being moved to Jerusalem? Oh, she's uh, she's you know when uh, first of all when when uh, Trump announced it, he goes, "It's going to take four years to do it." Oh, it's just a bunch of talk. And then when it happened in two years or uh, you know a year and a half or a year, however long it took uh, from when he announced that, it wasn't very long. Maybe it wasn't even a year. Um, I said so. Didn't take four years. Here's a guy who knows how to make things happen. She goes, yeah, but he just, uh, he, I said, has, has it changed your opinion on our president that has no foreign foreign policy experience? She goes, well, he embarrassed us over there with the, at the G7. Well, they, she didn't answer the question about the embassy then. 
No, she didn't. Oh, okay. It's it's straight out of the Democrats playbook. If uh, if you don't have an answer for something that's obvious that you should be uh, going along with, just change the subject to something else. Right. Well, you know, it's and it's funny that you mentioned that too because I I have um, you know, a gentleman, he's he's a friend, he's a far left and we like to converse once in a while. He loves to debate me on stuff and it's actually a whole hell of a lot of fun. Uh, and he's as anti-Trump as you could possibly imagine. But I did ask him I said, "What do you think about the North Korea situation?" And he said, you know what? I have to give Trump props for that. And I told him, you know what? I have to give you props for giving Trump props uh, because it's the first time I've ever heard you say something positive about him. And and that's that just shows a small but significant shift, Ed, that's going on out there, I think. And, you know, uh, Trump is, uh, where is he headed? He's heading to Helsinki to meet with uh, Putin. Um, where's he going first? I, I should going, know the, I don't, I don't know. He's going, he's going on one trip and then he's heading over to Helsinki. I don't remember where he's going the first one. Trump never sleeps, by the way. I know. Well, he, he could sleep on, on, uh, on Air Force One. We don't know. I seriously doubt he does. But, um, but you know what? You watch, you watch uh, Trump go over there and say, hey, come on, come on, give back, give back uh, Crimea, give back Crimea and let's put this thing. Hey, say, hey, it was a mistake. We did this. We did that. We shouldn't have. Crimea belongs to Ukraine. We're gonna go ahead and give it back, and uh, and watch. Just watch. That's a, what Trump will do. Hey, let's try to keep everything in the world world straight. Let's try to keep everybody involved. We don't want to keep you guys out of the G8. Now it's a G7. Who knows what it's gonna be next time? And uh, you know, I get everybody pushed you out because that. Just give it back. You don't need it. Just give it back and watch watch uh, Putin capitulate. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously nothing that Trump does is, is right, right? I mean, the guy can't do anything right. or can't get credit for anything. So it'll be interesting. Of course, naturally, he's meeting with a Russian leader, Ed, so I'm sure it has something to do with collusion. It's going it, to, you know, it's going to be collusion. So, um, you know, the, the left is going to find some way to, to spin it that way anyway. Right, exactly. Next week on the main event, we're going to have some really cool stuff going on. Uh, we don't have time to talk about the uh, Mueller investigation and how it's going sideways and how it's going frontwards. And Mueller is trying to hire some more lawyers and probably because he knows that the only thing he's accomplishing is stuff that has nothing to do with the collusion Russian investigation. Hey, anyway, we're all out of time. Scott, thanks for joining me this week. Always a lot of fun, Ed. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week. The content of this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 096199.